Now, there wouldn't be a resurrection if there weren't for a crucifixion. And last week, I mentioned that there are 50 benefits that you and I derive from the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. And we took a look at three of those. And we discussed that as you and I bring our guilt to the foot of the cross, we're forgiven. And as we bring our brokenness, because the reality is everything is broken in our world. That includes us, our minds, our bodies, our spirits, our relationships. As we bring them to the foot of the cross, he brings healing into our life. And as we bring our fears, he gives us freedom. Now these benefits that we derive as a result of Jesus' crucifixion on the cross, they are assured because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Because Jesus rose from the grave 2,019 years ago and split history into two parts, we know this morning three things that could absolutely change in your life. And the first one is this. Will you write this down? Jesus has a great purpose for your life. One of the most important things that you have to know in life is what's your purpose If you don't figure out why you are here, you will waste your life. And to be honest with you, a lot of people do because they confuse success with purpose. You can be incredibly successful in life and still not know your purpose. You can make a lot of money. You can become famous and still not know your purpose. Movie stars have once said, you know, My life has a great cast. I just don't know what the plot is. And a lot of people feel that way. Some people feel like, I hope my life isn't a joke because guess what? I don't get it. And a lot of people feel that way. A lot of people are confused about their purpose in life. As you examine this subject matter, really you only have four options in front of you. You can try to figure out what your purpose is through speculation. And what I mean by that is just guessing at it. You can go to some university and take some kind of philosophy course and ask all the great questions of life, like who am I? Where did I come from? Does my life have any meaning? Do do I have any significance? You can take all of those kinds of classes, but the bottom line is that you're just guessing. And your guess is as good as mine. Folks, your purpose in life is far more important than just guessing. Or you could try to understand what your purpose is through imagination. And what I mean by that is you can just make up something in your own mind. Well, if I don't know what it is, I'll just make something up. I'll set some goals. I'll clarify my values. I'll know my vision. This is what self-help, self-help books write about. And guess what? Those self-help books are really good in regards to success. But success is not your purpose. Don't ever confuse success with purpose. Those are two different things. 
And so we try through speculation. We try through imagination. Sometimes we try through introspection. And what I mean by that is we look within. A lot of Eastern philosophers do this, okay? A lot of talk show hosts talk about this. We have it in our movie, Star Wars. Look at the force within you, Luke, you know. Now, there's one problem with this. Folks, it doesn't work. Because if it did, we'd all know what our purpose is. We've all, at one time or another, have we not, kind of looked within. I know I did. I looked within. And guess what? It was really messy. I didn't get any clarity whatsoever. Now, I want you to follow me with, uh, with the, the logic of this. You can't tell yourself what your purpose is through speculation, through imagination, through introspection, because you didn't make you. And because you didn't make you, you can't tell you what your purpose is. If I held up an unknown mechanical object and I asked you, hey, what's the purpose of this? You might try to figure it out through speculation, through introspection, through uh, imagination. But the only way that you would know what this unknown object is would be either to talk with the inventor or read the owner's manual. That is the only way that you would be able to figure what, your perp- what the purpose of that was. Folks, the same thing is true about your life. The only way that you're going to know your purpose in life is to talk with your creator or read his owner's manual. If you don't do those two things, you will never know what your purpose is. Now, the truth is, your life isn't an accident. There have been accidental parents, yes, but there's no such thing as an accidental person. Your parents may not have planned you, but I guarantee you this, God did. Well, Pastor George, why did God give me the parents that, I, that he gave me? Hey, that's a great question, and I have a great answer for it. Because God knew the right DNA that would make you, you. And God is far more interested in you than he is even in the kind of parents that you have. God's plan and purpose for your life is far bigger than your parents' purpose. He wanted you alive. Well, Pastor George, what in the world does this have to do with Easter? Oh, it has a lot to do with Easter, okay? Take a look out of the Bible, out of 2 Corinthians 5.15. Jesus included everyone in his death so that everyone could also be included in his life, a resurrection life, a far better life than people ever lived on their own. Will you circle the phrase, better life? God says, I have a purpose for your life, and it is far better than what you can come up with through speculation, through introspection, through, through uh, imagination. Now, we don't often talk about the better life in Collin County. Why? Because we got the good life. We are authorities on the good life. I mean, I look good, I smell good, I have the goods, okay? I I have a good life, okay? The problem with the good life is that it's not good enough. You were made for something more than survival. And you were made for something more than success, the good life. You were made for significance, 
And you're not gonna know your significance until you understand that God created you for a purpose. You need more than the good life. Well, how do you know that, Pastor George? Because as I've talked with people and experienced myself, there are times in all of us, are there not, when we say, there's gotta be something more. There's just gotta be something more to this. And there is. Jesus said, I came that you might have life. And life to the fullest, the better life. Now, where do we get this purpose from? Well, in the Bible, Colossians 1, 16 says this. Everything, absolutely everything, got started in Christ and finds its purpose in him. The Bible says that Jesus is your creator. The Father spoke it, and Jesus did it. Jesus is your creator, and the only way that you're gonna find your purpose is in Christ. And the resurrection screams, I've got a purpose for you. The Bible says in Ephesians 1, look at this verse, it is in Christ that we find out, will you circle this, who we are. And, will you circle this, what we are living for. Part of the overall purpose he is working out in everything and in every one. Until you know Christ, you're not going to know what your purpose is. Because he created you. And he died for you. And he resurrected from the grave for you. God has a purpose for your life. The second thing that we know that changes our life is that he has a greater power for our problems. He says, I've got a greater purpose for your life and I have got a greater power for your problems. If Easter says anything, folks, it demonstrates the power of God. There is no greater power than someone raising himself back up to life. It is the most powerful event in history. It split history into two parts. And the cool thing is this. That power is available to you and I. The Bible says in Ephesians 1, 19, I pray that you will begin to understand how incredibly great God's power really is to help those who believe in him. It is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead. Pastor George, the same power? I mean, the same power that raised Jesus from the grave 2019 years ago? Yeah, absolutely. And that resurrection comes with this promise. 1 Corinthians 6. By his power, God raised the Lord from the dead, and he will also raise us. The only reason that you're going to be raised from the dead and come back to life after you're dead is because Jesus did it and because he'll do it for you. That's the only reason. If, you, if Jesus didn't raise from the dead, you ain't raising from the dead. And if Jesus doesn't raise you back to life, guess what? You ain't coming back 
to life. By his power, God raised Jesus from the dead. And he says, it can change your life. So let me ask you this question. Where do you need resurrection power in your life today? Let me ask it differently. What in your life is dying or dead? And you need God's power to resurrect it. I hate to say this, but some of our marriages are dying or they're dead. And you need resurrection in your marriage. My wife and I have been married almost 45 years. And I can tell you this. In those 45 years, we have had to fall in love with one another again and again and again and again. Because you don't make it 45 years just by falling in love once. You need resurrection in your marriage. Some of you thought you'd be further along in your career than where you're at now. You need resurrection in your career. Some of you need resurrection in your energy. You hear yourself say all the time, I'm tired. Man, I'm, I'm, so, I'm worn out. Where's that energy drink? Where's that extra cup of coffee? Folks, God never intended for you to operate on human power, nor human love. You need a supernatural power and you need a supernatural love if you're going to make it to the finish line. Some of you need resurrection in your motivation. I'm just not motivated. I'm just going through the motions. I mean, I just, I just live from one weekend to the next. I mean, what's in that? I get up, go to work, come home. Go back to bed. I do it until the weekend comes. I, I, I live from one paycheck to the next. You need resurrection in your motivation. Some of you need resurrection in just a relationship. You've had a split, maybe with a family member, maybe with a friend. You need resurrection in your friendship. Folks, the difference between humans and God is that God is God and we are not. Humans can resuscitate someone. If they die, you can apply CPR and you can bring them back to life. We have a great medical team. Man, they're on standby right now, okay? But if they've been dead three days, I guarantee you this, CPR will not do the trick. You and I need more than resuscitation in life. We need resurrection. And I say that because a lot of the challenges that we have in our life, we've had them for more than just three minutes. We've had them probably more than three days, more like three months, three years, or 30 years. And what we need is a resurrection power. And God says, I've got it. And the same power that I use to raise my son back to life, it's available to you. Now let's take a look at the Bible and what it says about this. Out of 2 Corinthians chapter 1, Paul shares his story in this portion of Scripture. And he shares that in his life he found himself in a place that he was hopeless. And I think if the truth were known, a lot of us feel that way. If an x-ray was done on our, our, our innards, we'd see a mass of hopelessness. 
And so God comes along and he says, whatever you do, don't quit. The answer isn't quitting. The answer is connecting so you can find my purpose and my power. Notice what the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 1. We were really crushed and overwhelmed and we feared we would never live through it. We saw how powerless we were to help ourselves. Now stop right there. Have you ever felt that way? Have you ever felt that you were just filled with fear and you couldn't move? I just don't have what it takes. This is bigger than me. I think the worst feeling is this, honestly. I don't care anymore. Some of us are there. I don't care. Paul goes on. But that was good. For then we put everything into the hands of God who alone could save us for he can even raise the dead. And God did help us and he saved us and we expect him to do it again and again and again and again. If God can raise a dead Jesus, folks, he can raise a dead marriage. He can raise a dead friendship. He can raise a dead career. He can raise dead finances. He can raise someone who has poor health. This is the change that we know for certain because of the resurrection. But you don't get it until you connect with it. Until you connect with the power source, you don't get the power. It is like a toaster that goes unplugged. That toaster unplugged will never realize its worth, its value, its purpose. And you can't realize your worth, your power, or your, your worth, your value, your purpose without being connected to the source. And Paul says, guess what? We got to the point in life that we were hopeless. But he said that was good because then we put it into the hands of God. I'm gonna ask you to do that today because this is what Easter is about. And he said it was good because we put it in the hands of God and we connected with the power source. You see, some of us have been struggling with whatever we've been struggling for years and years and years. And some of it is just around fatigue. We are sick and tired of being sick and tired. And others of us, it's been around different things. But we're sick and tired of it. This verse is for you. Isaiah 40, verse 29. God gives power to those who are tired and worn out. And he offers strength to the weak. How do you get the strength? How do you get the energy? How do you get the power? Folks, you get it through faith. You get it through trusting. You get it through believing that Jesus died on the cross as the Lamb of God and resurrected from the grave and being connected to him. But you know what we like to do in life? When we have challenges that face us, you know what we like to do? We like to complain, don't we? We like to groan and moan about our problems. But here's the deal. Complaining has never moved God, not once. He is moved by faith. He honors faith. I am a pastor who does not like to sit in the ivory tower and pontificate 
folks, I live my life on the front lines. A number of years ago, there was a gentleman that started coming to church with his family. Family had been coming a while, and he finally decided to come, and he was terminally ill with Parkinson's. And he came for a couple of months, Richard Wheeler. And then he had a relapse, and it was bad, and he ended up in the hospital. And I was called by his family that he was asking for me to come to him. And so I did. And when I got there, I don't know if you've ever seen someone in the end stages of, with Parkinson's, but it's not a pretty sight. And he is struggling to talk, but he shared with me that he was scared to death. And I told Richard, I said, Richard, if you connect to Jesus Christ, I promise you, he will not only forgive you of your sins, but he will give you power to grow through what you are going through. And he will do that for free. You don't have to do anything. All you have to do is say yes. And I shared a story with him about a father who took his son on his birthday to a carnival with his son's best friends. And the father bought, I don't know, a couple hundred dollars worth of tickets. And they would go from one ride to the next and, and he would tear off a ticket and give it to his son and to his boys. And they would ride the rides. And they did that again and again and again. And one time, as he was doing that, handing it to his son's friends, he noticed that there was a new boy. And he asked him, who are you? And the little boy says, I'm your son's new best friend. Do you think that father gave him a ticket? You bet he did. And I asked Richard, Richard, do you want a free ticket? And he said, yes. And I led him in a prayer, and he asked Christ into his life. A few months later, he was able to get out of the hospital, and he came back to church, and he looked differently, and he wanted to get baptized, and I baptized him. His declaration that I'm a believer and you should have seen his face. And then a few months later, I did his funeral. It was a celebration. And God gives us this purpose. God gives us this promise about his purpose and about his power for our lives, even when we face the darkest things. Take a look at what the Bible says in 2 Peter chapter 1. As you get to know Jesus better, he will give you through his great power everything you need for living a truly good life. You may be sitting here and you may be thinking, I don't have everything I need. Well, guess what? Then you need to know Jesus better because the better life comes with knowing Jesus better. There is a third thing that we know for certain, that changes our life, and that is God has a great place for me after I die. We learn through the resurrection that there is more to life than just the here and now, that death is not the end. It's not. Our heart may stop beating, but guess what? We don't. We have been designed to live forever, and God says, I have proven that to you through the resurrection of my son. Now take a look at what the Bible says. Jesus said this out of 
John chapter 11, verse 25, he said, Jesus said, I am the one who raises the dead and gives them life again. Now stop right there. I want to reiterate this. If you're going to come back to life after you die, it's going to be because of Jesus. That's the only way it's going to happen. He's the only one that's done it. Buddha never did it. Confucius never did it. Muhammad never did it. Marx and Lenin, guess what? They're still in their graves. The only one that did it was Jesus. And he says, I can do it. Now, how do we know this? Because he has said it. To finish this in John 11, anyone who believes in me, even though he dies, shall live again. He is given eternal life for believing in me and shall never perish. How do you get eternal life? Well, it doesn't happen by me doing good. And it doesn't happen by me promising I'll never do that again, God. And it doesn't happen through, through going to church. And it doesn't happen through, through uh, something else, okay, by giving a lot of money. It happens as you and I trust and believe that God, yes, he came. He lived a perfect life. He died on the cross, no doubt about it. He was buried and he resurrected. He is the reason for all hope. So let me summarize this. You and I will never find ultimate hope in anything that you can lose. If you want to get through whatever you're going through, maybe it's not death, but if you want to get through whatever you're going through, you must put your hope into something that can't be taken away from you. If you put your hope in something like money or a person, a marriage, a product, a profession, you're going to be disappointed because those things aren't God. Far too often we expect other things to meet all of our needs, our emotional needs, our financial needs, our, our physical needs, our mental needs. But we get disappointed because those things aren't God. Only God can meet all of our needs. And when you and I put that expectation, especially on other people, not only will you be disappointed, but honestly, folks, it's unfair to them. They're not God. You have to put your hope into something that can't be taken away from you. And there's only one thing that can't be taken away from you. And by the way, it's not a principle or a profession or a program or a pill or a product. It is a person. Easter is about a person. It is not a cultural, though it is in some ways, a cultural event. I hope you're not here because it's a cultural thing to do. No, Easter is about a person, folks. And the hope is in Jesus. He is the hope of the world. He split history into two parts, and you and I need to know him. Now, since we know that there is a resurrection, this is what we have. Look at what the Bible says out of 1 Peter 1, verse 3. Now we live with a wonderful, will you circle this word, expectation. 
because Jesus Christ rose from the dead. For God has reserved a priceless inheritance for his children. It is kept in heaven for you, pure and undefiled, beyond the reach of change and decay. And God in his mighty power will protect you until you receive this salvation because you are trusting in him. What is this verse saying? Simply this, that once you put your trust in Jesus Christ, it's not your job to keep your salvation. It's Jesus's job. It's the Father's job. And what you put into his hands, all the mighty power of God will not be, will not let you go. There's times in my life as a grandpa, it's my favorite title, not pastor, grandpa. When my kids entrust their kids to me and we go on a walk and sometimes we walk on busy streets to get to the park and cars are going by and they get distracted and they let go of my hands. But guess what? Grandpa does not let go of their hands. Why? Because that which has been entrusted to me, I'm not going to let go. As a pastor... I have let go of God's hands at times. But he has never let go of mine. He has held on to my greasy, filthy, dirty hands. Why? Because he is a loving father. So what I am saying is that there is hope when you put your life in Jesus Christ. Because when you do that, folks, it's like what Rob was sharing. You watch after your kids. And he watches. And when you know that you can't lose your salvation, what it does is it gives you a confidence that whatever comes your way, you can face it. I'm often asked as a pastor, by people who are going through some kind of challenge, death itself, like Richard. How do you handle these things? How do you live with hope in a situation that seems to be hopeless? And I always answer the same. By having a bigger perspective. By getting your eyes off of the challenge and living your life in light of eternity. This is the Bible's secret for the challenges of life. And Paul shares this. It's in the Bible. 2 Corinthians 4. For our present troubles are small and won't last very long. Yet they produce for us glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. So we don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. For things that we see now will soon be gone. But the things that we cannot see will last forever. How do you get it? How do you get your guilt forgiven? How do you get your brokenness healed? How do you get your fears and have freedom from them? 
how do you and I get purpose and power and a place in heaven? How do you and I get that? Because I think each and every one of us here, deep down inside, we long for that. We long for forgiveness. We, we long to have healing in our life and in our relationships, deep healing. We long to be set free from the fears that bind us up and, and, and we can't bec become what we, what we want to be and what God has intended us for be. And God comes along through the resurrection and says, you know what, in spite of your guilt, in spite of your brokenness, in spite of your feels, i got a purpose for your life. And I've got power to help you fulfill that purpose. And on top of that, I'm going to give you heaven as cream on top of the, the cake. How do you get that? Well, Paul says in Romans, the Bible, if we confess with our mouth Jesus is Lord and we believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we'll be saved. It happens when you and I confess with our mouth quietly, doesn't have to be loud, quietly, God, I humble myself because guess what? I am guilty and I am broken and I am filled with fear, God. I, I admit that to you. And I wanna know your purpose and I wanna know your power and God, I want that place in heaven. I want you to raise me back to life. You confess it with your mouth, but that's not enough because it's not about a transaction. It is about transformation. And that's when you drop it from a belief into a lifestyle, into your heart. And God says, if you do that, you'll have purpose and you'll have power and you'll have a place in heaven. And like Richard's life, you will be able to get through what you're going through. I wanna give us an opportunity to do that. Maybe you haven't. Maybe for you, Christianity has been a cultural thing. Guess what? It's a whole lot more than that. It's about a person. And I wanna give you an opportunity to just say, yes, I want that free ticket, God. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you. God, this, in my opinion, has been a great holy week. Great night of worship. Great time with your people coming together as a spiritual family. It's a great time because, God, you're the one that thought it all up. From eternity past into eternity future, you knew as you were laying the foundations of the world, God, that you would come and that you would die for us so that we could be forgiven and healed and have freedom. And right now, I don't know where you're at in your relationship with Christ Maybe it has been a cultural thing for you, but today will you make it real? Will you drop him from your head into your heart by just simply saying this, God, I admit that I, I'm guilty. I admit, God, that I'm broken. I admit, God, that I'm filled with fear. But today, God, I want your purpose. And I want to be fruitful and I want to feel fulfilled. 
God, I want your power in my life. There are things that I've been struggling with for a whole lot more than three minutes. I've been struggling them for 30 years. And today, God, I want to invite you to come in to give me what I don't have, your power. And I want to thank you right now for the forgiveness that I have, for the power that you're giving me, that through faith, through expectation, I'm going to see you work in me and work through me. And I thank you, God, for the place in heaven that I have right now because you resurrected. And if you prayed that prayer, as simple as it was, you're in. Will you let me know? I'd love, I'd love to email you. If you could just take your communication card, give me your email address. I'll email you some literature that'll help you understand your newfound walk in Christ. Maybe today, if you've just done that, you weren't planning on getting baptized, we're having a baptism today. We've got everything you need. Get baptized and start this day, this Easter, different. God, we thank you. You're a great and awesome God. In your son's name, we pray, amen.